Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Welcome to the Independent Thinking Show for Fifth Wrist Radio. This is a place dedicated to showcasing the great people doing interesting things in the world of horology. My name is Roman, and today I'm joined by a new co-host, Sean, a.k.a. The Book Watcher. It's our first podcast together, which is super exciting. Hey, Sean, how are you going? Hey, Roman, doing pretty well. Excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Great to have you along. This should be a good one. Um, we've got a cracking guest on t- for today's show, um, someone who whose work I admire a lot and whose watch I actually have on my wrist right now for our upcoming wrist check, if we ever get to it. Uh, please welcome Lewis from Anordain. Hello. Nice to be here. Hi, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Hey, Lewis, thank you for making time for us. I know you're a busy man and with a young family and everything, so it's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, it's good good chatting with you guys. Now, Anordain, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in a sec, but, you know, there's a little sort of, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there is a little Anordain Appreciation Society here in Melbourne, certainly. I do, yeah. It's nice. And your company has come up on the show before as an example of kind of a young, exciting watch company doing things with integrity and spirit and also a sense of fun, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah. It is very nice. It's always always nice to, to hear these things. It's a, it is a, I think we're just a little bit different and that's why maybe kind of uh, get mentioned now and again. Yeah, so well, you guys are punching up way above your weight, which is wonderful. Um, well, look, before we kind of run into that, for the three people who don't know who Anodane is, you know, for new listeners, maybe give us a little bit of an intro about yourself <laughs> and sort of the company. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, Anodane, we're, we're based in Glasgow. We are, there are now 12 of us and um, we are kind of a very, it, it's a mixture of um, of different uh, of kind of disciplines of, of designing and making essentially. And and the idea has always been that you get, you put the, the people making things and the people designing things in the same place. And what comes out is is going to be um, is going to be interesting. So that's the, the simple kind of uh, uh, overview of, of what we do. Uh, there are the, obviously the main the main technique we use for, for making the watch is, is enameling for the dials. Um, and we've got three enamelers and uh, two watchmakers now. And um, and yeah, that's that's we make watches. I think that's generally the uh, the overview. <laughs> Yeah, but I think Lewis, um, it kind of feels like you're making more than a watch. I mean, I've I've tracked your 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 company with great interest um, over the last couple of years, and I've sort of you know been stalking, watching the site, seeing the stuff you guys are producing. But it feels more like an experience. It's 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 really special to me. I mean, why enameling to begin with? I mean, that's generally um. People uh, sometimes obsess about movements or obsess about certain particulars, but it's the yeah yeah. That's, it, it's a good question because I and I it seems so long ago that we started to become obsessed with it that I can't remember exactly why it was. But um, I think I think the idea the idea has always been that we wanted to to create something um, which was different. I think when you, you see a lot of new watch companies come out and uh, the designs are obviously um influenced by by other things and so other watches rather and um and initially we'd come up with the idea of because of, there wasn't that you know there isn't really a watchmaking industry in the uk so we thought if you if you got 
someone to make the hands who made something similar to hands uh, but wasn't you know watchmaker and you got someone to make the dial who who did something similar then you would in the end you get a watch together which had all the pieces made perfectly well but but not by people who normally made them so they'd all be made in a different way and you'd have a watch which would be a, a watch but it, it wouldn't look like anything else and so that was the kind of rough idea to start with and and that's you know is, is a very kind of naive approach with when when you start understanding tolerances required and things like that but um what for the dials when i started looking for someone to to be able to build a dial um we looked at coin minting so that seemed like the obvious kind of um area where there was crossover and i remember seeing there's there's an amiga watch with um which looks like it's got a coin for a dial and i think that's probably where i got the idea from but um so i went down to birmingham and visited some some of the mints there and um and one of the coins they had was a commemorative thing and it had it had this enamel poppy on it and i just remember thinking that's that's beautiful it's this is red the red color was just had such sort of richness and depth um and then after that i just realized that's what I wanted to focus on, and um, and it turns out that was actually not even real enamel on that <laughs> on that coin. So, uh, but, but but it got me down on the right track, um, and and actually, you know, after that, I spent a year or maybe a bit longer than that working with a with one of the the mints in uh, Birmingham to try and make a dial. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I've still got it. It's it took about a year, and it's it's enormously thick and completely warped. And I think when we got that back and and showed it some kind of people who knew about watch assembly we just realized there's absolutely no way this was going to work so so that's when i kind of approached the art school and and asked if there were any kind of enamelers around who wanted to kind of work on this project um and that's that's when we set up the studio was was um just with one kind of graduate who'd got an interest in enameling and uh so we just sort of sat down and started working on how how we could make a dial and i, I think because there are there are so many difficulties with, with producing dials in enamel that it just completely absorbs you and, and you don't that that's that's all we i mean the, des, the design is a big part of what we do but it's really it's the enameling that that were constantly problems especially if you're trying to do new things that's like the watch i uh, I, I sent you earlier earlier on the um that um sample bay technique is has been has been causing us headaches for a year but it's it's you always feel like you're about to kind of overcome the next issue um but it's it's just it's a wonderful um, area to work in because it constantly keeps you engaged and uh, and the results are I know are beautiful. So um, that's that's really why I think enamel appeals so much. It's interesting how you you had that I guess idea initially and you engaged with Mint and you went on to um, find other people who shared that interest at at the arts college like you mentioned. But um, while we're on that. Hmm. I, I, I think it's quite interesting to progress down that track, but I think uh, Roman, unless I missed anything, are we missing the traditional start to the podcast? As in, yeah, it's always a bad sign when the first time co-host and the guest know more about the structure than I do. Uh, it's always <laughs> never a good sign, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, Sean, I think you're right. I mean, yes, we do usually do a drink check and a and a wrist check, but you know, you guys were talking. You know, I was petting the dog. You know, we seem busy for a drink check, but anyway, let's let's do. It. Let's do it right now. Uh, all right, well, Sean, why don't you go first? Uh, thanks, Roman. Um, I am wearing a vintage uh, Cartier Santos Dumont, ultra thin. Um, oh, nice. It's a watch I uh, acquired uh, recently, and it hasn't left my wrist at all. <laughs> um, I've, I've been quite in love with this piece. And 
um, as a toast to our uh, to our guest. Uh, I don't know if um, I'm going to commit a faux pas, but I went out and I bought some Bellhaven Scottish Ale. Oh, nice! Just yeah. to give it a try. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not you know the to scotland what fosters is to australia but <laughs> i'd figured i'd just give that no it's quite it's a it's a it's a good standard uh beer in the in the pub especially in edinburgh i think that's that's what you'd um what you get but yeah no it's, that's impressed <laughs> yeah what about what about you lewis well it's it's not quite lunchtime so i i have a coffee and uh, uh black coffee and i'm wearing um uh it's it's a prototype um of um, one of the watches we were playing around with over lockdown that doesn't have an enamel dial, and um, it's something we've been we've been looking at over the past few months, but haven't really done anything with. So it's um, it's interesting, but it's also a bit weird because it's not enamel; it just doesn't seem like one of our watches. So I think we've been kind of struggling with that. But I've I've been wearing one, so I'm not working. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of try and keep it to one watch, you know, so I'm not not consuming much of our stuff uh, i'm i'm always hugely covetous of prototypes you know like whenever I, I talk to a watchmaker or you know somebody's and they're like oh i'm just i've got just got this prototype on my wrist and like <laughs> for me as somebody who's a pure enthusiast you can't make anything let like i can't make i can barely make a cup of tea at let alone anything <laughs> more you know to me that's like wow you've made a thing that you can wear that actually works you know and i'm all i want, <laughs> I want it. Uh, no that's very very cool uh, well, I guess I'll, I better do mine as well so we can move on. Um, so I've got, uh, well, it's not a coincidence, I've got one of my favorite watches that I own, which is an Anodane Aussie gold enamel that Lewis was kind enough to make for me. And I apologize both in advance and in reverse for the trouble it caused you to do a one-off <laughs> dial. <laughs> It's actually it's actually called a Roman yellow. That's what there's, That's right. I think there's two people who have got it subsequently and on their on their uh, warranty book it, it's the Roman yellow. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So and yeah. you know and if and if you are listening to this and you've got the Roman yellow dial just get in touch with me. I'd love to connect the the two watches that exist. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And to match my Aussie gold dial and Rodane, I actually have something that I've never mixed before. I've got an iron brew and vodka mixed oh, together, no. which is, I don't know if it's a thing done in Scotland. I don't think it'll be a thing done in Melbourne beyond this podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's barely possible. <laughs> it, it shouldn't be. And for, it is done. It has done a lot. Okay, here, right. Um, but it's not, it's not, not something I, um, personally, I, I mean, I, yeah, not, not a personal favorite of mine, but um, very common. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be. I mean, I'm not much of a, a whiskey drinker. That's why I, I said, you know, I had to, I had to move. I couldn't do that, so I'm like, oh, I can't do a gin and tonic like I usually do. <laughs> so that's my. I made an effort. That's all I can say. Impressive, it, it, yeah, very, very impressive. Uh, but yeah, don't anyone else try that at home? That's right. But I do like to color match my drinks to my watches. That's that's a first as well. So that's good. <laughs> Um, well, look, Lewis, let me just take you a little a step back, um, you know, because we'll talk about enamel and the, the watches that you do and the design, which is very distinctive, very unique, and definitely when you talk about I kind of want to take a step back and kind of go watches, sort of, you know, when I think of Glasgow, you know, like, you know, if you think of England, yeah. like Clark and Well, you know, you know, John Harrison, like there's a whole industry of, or at least, you know, used to be a whole industry of watchmaking. 
is there a history of watchmaking in Scotland? Is that a thing that existed? Or um, I, I don't think. I mean, I, there are people who know a lot more about this than I do, but I, I don't think there is any more than you know during the the, the periods of time where you, there were watchmakers in every town. No, I don't think there are any yes, kind of right. you know big ones. But I mean, having said that, in terms of industry in the UK, the last watches which are actually made here um, were. You know, at the Timex factory in Dundee in the 1970s, so they they oh, okay. closed. I, I think they closed in the 70s, but yeah, they they had a factory here. Okay, um, and and that was the last time anyone made watches in Britain before um, there's people started making them again recently to, in varying degrees. Sure. So, how did you go from hey, I want to do something I like, you know, to a watch, like why watches are not enamel jewellery or brooches or something like that, you know, because I get enamel is a thing. Why watches? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, it actually, I, I'd arrived at it before I was interested in watches um, years ago um, when I was I just left school um, and I was up in the Highlands and was thinking about how you could live here and, and kind of support yourself with a, with a job. And, you know, the Highlands are fairly remote. Uh, you know, they're, they're four, mm. five, six, seven hours drive, depending on where you go from, from Edinburgh, Glasgow. And, you know, they're beautiful, but unless you want to run a B&B or, or become a fisherman, there's not a lot you can do up there uh, to, to kind of sort of yeah. to make a living. And and so I, I was like, well, this somehow I decided watches would be a good thing to, that you could do. Um, and it, actually, it, it from talking to people in in the Jura Valley in Switzerland, that that's sort of the same reason that, that it became um, um, that it works over there is because you've got long long dark winter days and um, not much else to do, so people can <laughs> sit at home and fiddle with watches. But um, I didn't know that at the time, and it, it was so it was kind of just this idea I'd had, and it 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 was in the back of my mind for for, for years really, and I just thinking this is what I'm going to do in the end. Um, and then there came a point, uh, probably seven or eight years ago now, that I thought, right, let's actually start seeing if I can make this happen. And then at that point, I, you know, I started getting into watches, but it wasn't. It was more of a, a means to an end uh, initially um, as an idea, which is which is just probably a weird way of getting into it, I suppose. But um, probably the best way, really. Like serendipitous yeah. is as good a way as any, I guess. Um, yeah. What I really liked, I think, and I read that slogan um on your sort of in in the literature that came with my watch you know was the thing that said like in an industry obsessed with the past it is the future that excites us which is you know like yeah. it's a lovely ethos statement i don't know if that's the right phrase you know like it's a yeah a really nice way to think yeah thanks man. it's it's kind of um i think we're, we're quite we're in a bit of a bubble really and i i, I like that because you know it, it it's not one of those companies where the found like me as the founder would would you know says we're going to design this and kind of controls everything it's it's uh, we kind of have this it's just team of, of very talented people who are not necessarily i think really interested in watches uh, other than you know within what we do i mean there's a couple of the people who i you know, can see are starting to get the the watch bug and are coming up with really kind of obscure references for watches that's something oh, there's weird people in every company there, there are um, but generally it's not so i think when you do that you're uh, you're kind of, you know, like Imogen's a, a typographer and she, she's, her sort of obsession is typography and design. So the, the, her creations on when we've got new fonts or, or, or dials are, are coming from the world of typography rather than coming from 
the world of watches, which um, and you know similarly with 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 the enamelers, they're you know, they're you know, very passionate about kind of jewelry making and and silversmithing and things like that. So their influences aren't necessarily from reading Hidinki or whatever. So it's it's I think that that kind of way of of creating new um, new designs, new new products is is kind of a, avoids them being too similar to other things. Um, so would would you say that's design that brings you and your team together? Because you mentioned that um, it's it's always been your mind uh, whether to you know do an Airbnb to fish or, or to pursue um, watchmaking. But at the same time, you said it was it seemed like uh, from what you mentioned earlier that it was this specific Omega or or mm. um, the work with the mint or to seeing that uh, special edition mint coin that that really drove you to pursue enameling and to go down this path yeah well i think i think they were definitely kind of um stepping stones to kind of seeded ideas um but it was i think the thing with i mean the thing with enamel but yeah i I definitely say design ties us all together but enamel i mean obviously has been used in watches for an awfully long time and but i think my knowledge of enamel in watches at the time of kind of getting into it was just a very traditional kind of conservative designs. And when you see how enamel is used in, in other areas, you, just the, the colors, I mean, the, the depth of color and the, the kind of rendering of it, it's, it's so special that you, you kind of think if you could tie that in with, you know, maybe more modern designs or designs that, you know, I, I was more keen on, um, then you could come up with something really special. And, and it just struck me that that hadn't really been done um, there was, it's very traditional enameling, which is beautiful. Um, and but but doing something uh, with more more kind of um, a modern design would it hadn't been done. And and then, so so all the not all the team, but most of them are kind of from either Edinburgh, Glasgow, the art schools. So they they have a, you know, a similar aesthetic in you know in in terms of their their own personal tastes. So I think that that kind of gels everyone. So we're not, you know, when we're working towards something that's everyone's, everyone kind of likes the same thing, I suppose. And where that, the, the product that comes out of that is, is the watch. But, you know, someone you know, might have a certain taste in in their field and you know, whether that be kind of photography or or, or typography or kind of silversmithing. Um, and all that crossover kind of works fairly harmoniously because they're, they're inputting to, to a product that's... Um, you know, the end product and if they've all got similar tastes then then it, it kind of there aren't, there aren't too many kind of um, disagreements there well let's have a bit of a sort of chat about sort of the the models and the evolution of the design because even though you're a young company yeah 2018 yeah. i want to say when did their first when did model one come out yeah it was it was late so sort of september 2018 i think we we put it up uh we launched that um we'd started so we yeah started working on it in sort of a few years before that but it was yeah we first went on sale in uh, september 2018 and so that was i think a three a run of 300 pieces wasn't it for your model one it was 300 pieces officially but we had damaged or lost or it was actually more like 260 so even more special Um, so to those lucky owners of model ones you're even more special (laughs) than you thought you were (laughs) (laughs) that's true that is the case yeah so that's brilliant. Uh, I mean, and that was what you were saying before about using enamel in a really unique and unique for watchmaking 
way, that's very true. Because I mean, one of the things that attracted me to your company when I bought my watch, which would have been early on in 2018, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or soon after release, I think, because I was must have been early enough that you were still kind enough to do a custom order for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was actually the colours that I hadn't really seen in enamel, you know, because I love an enamel dial in a traditional Swiss, Swiss mm. watch, and it's either very white, very beautiful, but yeah. you know, really white, or it's kind of pearly, you know, pearly white. So it's like you know, yeah. either shiny white, pearly, pearly white, or black. Like I haven't yeah. seen, you know, the yeah. colors you come out with were just just beautiful visually as well. Yeah, there's, I mean, blue is another one which you get. I, I think yeah, that's true. That's, blue. true. that's that's another very classic color. Um, yeah, it was just, I mean, we, we've got hundreds, if not thousands of different enamels now. And when we were looking at what to launch, we just it, would, it just seemed a bit silly to use black and white and blue. So because you had all these other choices and and that, you know, we, we sat down as a as a team and, and kind of whittled down the different swatches of um, little enamel chips we'd made up and worked out what, what we liked and um and yeah the the, the kind of end end uh, range was, was fairly colourful. When you say you worked out what you guys liked, it's like we said, what had came before was predominantly um the standard colours of, you know, black, whites and blues and, and you really exploded mm. with the colours uh when it came to your watches was um, when it came to the decision for that, especially when you released the Model 1, uh, did you have any um, kind of ideas or concerns about how it would be received by perhaps the community, if it, they'd be popular, if um, you know, uh, if certain people would like them, or if it, you were taking a risk perhaps? Um, I, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a funny one because at the time I, didn't, I couldn't have told if anyone was going to have any interest or buy anything. Or, you know, we were not... Um, we, we hadn't really had any contact with journalists or anything like that or or anyone in the in the watch community so it it wasn't um i didn't worry about people liking them or not liking them i think um and and the other thing is i mean obviously one of the first model ones we did was a pink model one and it's very it's very easy to make launch a pink watch when you only make one of them but if if, it, <laughs> if we'd been kind of working with a you know manufacturing partner i probably wouldn't have been brave enough to make Two or three hundred of them because we'd still have them now. But um, it's 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 a lovely way of working because you can just you pick a color and you say that's going to be on the startup line. But no, I, th- I think in terms of the reception, I I I wasn't. I know I don't, don't think I was worried, but I, I I was because probably I was more worried about the fact that no one might buy anything and we spent <laughs> past three years working on this and and uh, um, so so yeah, that was um that was that was how we started. I think. So how do you think the word then spread? Because, I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, we're, we're, we, you're in Glasgow, we're in Melbourne, which is just about as far away from Glasgow mm. as you can get. How do you think, I mean, the, the word about you spread by word of mouth more than by any other, well, at least I wasn't aware of any other advertising media or anything like that. It was purely, hey, this is such an exciting thing. It was like, I remember distinct ripple that went through, which was a, yeah, which was a beautiful thing. That's really nice to hear. I mean, I, I think that was, um, I would like to say deliberate, but it, it wasn't. I mean, in the beginning, we had, I mean, making the watches in the first couple of months, we, well, first of all, we, we got them featured um, in the SJX website, which is it's a ah, fantastic cool. website, yeah. especially for when you want to, like, the, the details there. And I think after um, after we'd had that, um, everyone else kind of jumped on and um, 
and kind of was it was okay to talk about us then and we we'd got in touch with people for launch but a lot of people were like oh i'm not sure if i want to be the first one to to say <sighs> this is good and then as soon as SCX published it everyone was like this is good but that that triggered kind of a flurry of orders and we got to this point where we kind of it, initially it took so long to make the watch it's like the first six months it was an incredibly stressful time because we had a lot of orders and uh, you know there would be weeks when we couldn't make a single watch the and i think we we're averaging something like two or three watches a week um in the early days but it was it was it was incredibly stressful i think because you had customers and you just really wanted them to be kind of happy with the process and and with the end product but um it, the, you know the, the difficulty of 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 making the watches and all all the just it, the the team was um less experienced then you know even though we'd had a good few years working up this but the um yeah i think those those first few months were real baptism fire and um it kind of taught everyone an awful lot so by you know early 2019 we're in a much better place in terms of um in terms of uh kind of being able to to get stuff out but there was no advertising because of that i mean and, and there still isn't actually because we've we've constantly got an order list we've always you know there, there are always orders to be made and we're never kind of waiting around for a new order to come in so we haven't advertised um and we haven't actually i mean we have this this strange situation where if you launch something we we kind of send a newsletter out and that will cause us a kind of a spike in orders um and if we were to do that and have a press release at the same time then it would just it would just mean that we would kind of be two or, two or three months behind mm. on orders which would be um you know, which would be very unappealing for people. So mm. it is a funny one because when you when you go and talk to journalists and you you kind of you tell them about the product after you've launched it, which is never it's never very um never appealing from their point of view. Uh, yeah, um, look, but as yeah. someone who actually ordered my watch now now that I realised during the stressful time that <laughs> you were having, <laughs> once again, I really <laughs> apologise for making mine extra difficult. Um, what I want to say, and I think I remarked on it because I wrote a little review for for our friends at Scottish Watchers about experience, mm. and I wrote and maybe a year ago now or something, and I wrote that the weight was actually the way you handled the this is going to take a while was really the perfect example of how any company should do you know customer service for a waiting oh, it, was, nice. it was wonderful yeah. it was like i you know i knew you were busy on it cuz i'd get I, I, i'd get an update or you'd send me a photo going hey here is you know erlen working on something you know yes we you know we've had a few test fires it's not quite right but you know, we're still working on it so i never felt like you, you you know i'm the you know 150th on, on the bottom of the queue like it was actually really nice to like i felt included even though my contribution was, <laughs> was negligible um but i never <laughs> felt lost in it and i think that reinforced to me kind of the beauty of why i am passionately in love with independent watchmakers right or just independent makers of anything because mm. i didn't feel like a number in the queue i felt like a customer in the kind of in the positive you know sense of that word somebody's whose custom you appreciate it so it was really lovely it's nice to hear that because that, i think that's what the stress was about really is that that you have such like you're so grateful to people for for being customers and allowing you to to do what you're doing so that you really you want to keep them happy it's not you know so they buy another watch it's just because they've they've made that investment in you and 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 you just yeah it gets it does get a little bit stressful if i mean if you're kind of saying it'll be this time and then it's taking longer, but um, no, I'm, I'm happy to hear that it wasn't 
it wasn't a, a miserable experience being a, a waiting end of. It definitely wasn't that, Lewis. You don't you don't have to hold back at this time now that you know. Roman's already written the review. He's received the watch. You can you can <laughs> unload on him for that stressful period. I mean, how many how many dolls did it take to get to get his to get that color? <laughs> oh, um, I thought when Roman got touched and he's like, "I want this," and I was like, "That's I just thought that's gonna look dreadful," but then we made it, and um, it. I think you said like an orange dial, black hands with blue loom, and I just. But no, I was convinced it's gonna look dreadful, and. Well, you sent me a little swat. Yeah, I, I the, the, yeah, the, the colours we had. Um, well, no, it, I mean on paper it sounds awful, doesn't it? Um, but that's, but that, I mean, there's, there's one. I don't know which. There's some one magazine that's got your watch as the watch that we make. It's like, yeah, right. Oh, I haven't seen that. I better check that out. I'll get some royalties. <laughs> <laughs> you should. So you know, it ended up, it ended up coming out pretty nicely. But um, I was, yeah, I was completely wrong on uh, my my initial thoughts on it but it is um yeah because black blue and orange really shouldn't work that well should they but well i mean i don't know in in many ways i'd like to think it was your dial that inspired the new rolex op you know that kind <laughs> yeah. of daffodil color but you know like, allegedly we better put allegedly in just you know in, just, insider info. <laughs> yeah but it's it's certainly more <laughs> yeah no it's certainly more popular i think with doing doing bright colors now but um yeah yeah, that was in terms of making that. I mean, it was the thing with with doing any custom work in enamel is that you have because um, every color of enamel is made up. It's got a different composition of of, um, sort of different parts of, of kind of uh, glass or pigment, or, and, and so the um, the firing times and the firing temperatures are all slightly different. So it's it's just it, it can it takes a lot of um, trial and error to get it to get it right which is why it can take a bit longer but it wasn't too bad i think yours was about two weeks wasn't it for of actually someone one of the enamels working on it which yeah something like yeah. that but is it like i i could i would have happily waited i knew you were busy i was just appreciative that you would do it for me as a custom thing anyway mm. so i was like yeah great and then is it i kept getting updates and things so i'm like wonderful like it was a really warm like i felt like it was kind of a really cordial wonderful relationship that i knew it was coming it was just building excitement if anything i thought you added an extra week just to build the momentum yeah <laughs> no i was excited <laughs> i always i mean i i you know say yes to these things because i'm excited about them too actually to see how it how it comes out but um i think these i should probably point out that now because obviously that was um it, it did take an enamel of two weeks to make that we've kind of had to to stop doing it um because you know you if, if it's the same price as a normal model one and um so i was working on it for an extra um a, a normal model one takes about three days of work including the kind of regulating and assembly and that stuff uh but if you're spending two weeks it's not quite as clever an idea in terms of um finances so we we we, we don't like we don't we we will offer it now but um it's we kind of have to charge a bit extra yeah of course so just in case people listen and think they, that might be a fan um but then what, what one thing we do is is we mix up if there's old colors that people have used like the you know from a model two and they want it on a model one we can do that no problem because it's something we're familiar with or or you actually get you, you get some people sometimes asking for your watch um but they're not saying specifically i want you want this watch this guy's watch they kind of just suggest you don't do any yellowy orange colors to you or any kind of black colors like well you know where this is going yeah <laughs> they just don't want to ask specifically for someone else's watch 
Just direct them to me. I'll I'll flip mine for five <laughs> yeah. times the rest, and I'll get four more from you. Like so, it's easy. Like we can we'll we'll talk off air. We'll, we'll work uh, something okay. out. <laughs> no problem. That's good. The rum and yellow special yeah. from Roman as well. That would be you could sign the back. It, it's kind of special, also that um, you know Roman's watch was created during that period that you guys were really you know bustling and exploding uh, from that from that story. And uh, part of that too is you mentioned that you know it, it's been something that's kind of been years in the making, but you released the model one in uh, late 2018 September, and then. And then next year you follow up with the Model 2. I mean, what's that experience been like? Because it seems like there's been so much going on for Anordane during during what is relatively a short period. Mm. I mean, even even um, even now with uh, with what you mentioned about um, changing spaces and and you know working on future models and, and whatnot. What's that like? You know, this trajectory in in, in such a short period. Yeah, it's uh, the Model 2 is funny because I remember the model the model one's obviously very classic and um, it's kind of a, it's a dress watch. Um, and with the Model 2, I remember wanting to do something that almost people didn't like. I wanted to do something that wasn't as kind of um, easily received. I mean, not well-received in the long term, but easily received. And so, w- w- like, making it a size that I thought was good, but maybe other people didn't necessarily like, and almost being a bit contrarian about it um, in terms of, and, I applaud you on the size. Yeah, no, the, the um, well, we, we, we're now doing a, a, a larger version because it does, you know, it does work very well. But um, yeah, but it's it's an um, yeah. So it's, I think um, so in terms of it's it's always. I mean, there's always stuff going on. I mean, at the moment, this year's been really frustrating because it feels like we've just been put on pause since February, and with there's so much stuff coming out or that should be coming out um, that it's just been kind of um really slowed down by um you know by not being able to to work as we normally do you know the studios we've had to space everything out so you know there was one enameler in each of the three rooms whereas there would normally be kind of uh you know 10 or 12 people in those three rooms so everything's just, it's just a bit slower and a bit less joined up um and we've you know we should have had three or four launches this year by now but um uh, you know obviously oh, wow yeah i mean there was uh, that's why it's, it, it's strange that when you look at what we've done there's, there's kind of two watches but actually there's there's a load of stuff that's somewhere in the pipeline um so there's there, there's a lot there's a lot happening and obviously the, the model three is, is is quite interesting um because it's a watch where that that really is a, a special watch because it's a technique that's so difficult to kind of master um, and uh, we've been working on that for, for about a year, about a year, just under a year. Um, and I think we got to the point a couple of weeks ago where we we had to sort of decide to stop and kind of revisit the idea in a in a different um, way. So the the video I sent you earlier, Roman, is is that's kind of one of the prototypes, but um, it, it's just mm-hmm. it's not kind of a feasible thing to make. Um, so that's another kind of slightly disappointing thing that's come out this year. Is, it's not being able to launch that. Um, Lewis, do you want to maybe tell us about kind of give us a 30 seconds tutorial on enameling, just all at least yeah. the different things that you think you'd want to explore in the the art of enameling kind of thing so the people know the differences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so enameling, uh, just as a, a idiot's guide, I suppose, is is glass powder fused to metal. So you, you, you get a, a metal 
disc. Uh, it could be copper, silver, gold, or steel. Sometimes it's steel. And you, you put some enamel powder on top of it. You put it in a kiln at about 800 degrees centigrade. And you leave it in there till it melts, pull it out, and uh, there's kind of the glass, or the powder is turned into glass, essentially, on top of the metal. Mm. And that that's mm. that's an enamel dial in a very simple and very rough way. Uh, the the mm-hmm. way uh, to, to do what, what you need to do to, to make one for a watch is that you would have about six or seven layers of enamel on the top and some enamel on wow. the bottom of the, of the metal as well to, to stop it from warping too much. And um, and the, the challenge because jewelry enamel is is fairly um, it's amazing jewelry enamel actually out there um, and they they work with different um, different kind of um, boundaries I suppose that you can they have a lot more depth to work with and that that helps an awful lot. The challenge with watch dials is that you're talking about a thickness that is around a millimeter, you know, maybe kind of 0.95 and or, or maybe ever so slightly over, but it has to be perfectly uniform. And if mm. you're talking, uh, it's it's seven or eight layers of enamel with a layer of metal that is perfectly flat, and all of that fits into into a millimeter in thickness. So, and and you're putting that in and out of a kiln that's going from 800 degrees to 20 degrees in the you know studio outside the kiln. So there's an awful lot of warping and um, expansion and cracking, and those are things you've got to control. That that's why it's it's difficult to do basically is um is because you really have to be on top of every every aspect to, to make it a disc that yeah that's that's flawless and uh yeah, of course yeah and uh and, and kind of uniform and in, in finish so what's the difference between the ground view enamel that you were talking about and then what you were attempting to do for the model three that proved to be a whole extra level um so we so a year ago i had uh it was there's an i my anniversary with my wife. Um, I hadn't got Aww. a print. Uh, yeah, I'd, well, I'll say that, but I, it was like two days before and I, I'd forgotten to get her anything. Um, and it was, it was yeah. 10 years since we met. So, yeah, so it should, totally. Should. I mean, you get pre- you, you get credit for remembering the month after 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, uh, so, uh, we, so I thought I'd make her a watch because she didn't, I hadn't, you know, she hadn't got one. So um, I, it, so we took a silver doll and etched out um the little indexes and all the all the hours apart from ten, and this is a ten year thing. Uh, we'll put a number ten there. Um, I, it was just because we didn't. If I'd thought about it a week before, I'd have got a printing plate made up and printed this, but we didn't have the time to do that. So we etched away all the silver and then filled the everything in apart from these indexes with enamel. Yep. And that technique is is what is known as champagne. Right. I didn't know it was champagne at the time. The enamels did. Um, but I was like, let's find it this way, and it looks it looks spectacular because it's simple. It really does. Like it's 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 yeah, and you, it catches the light uh, in, when it when it moves, but it doesn't look kind of shiny or blingy or anything when you, when you look at it um, normally. Um, and then I thought this is so simple but so kind of effective that we could do a dial that's just got twelve numbers and no markers or no words or nothing, just kind of twelve simple numbers. But they have such kind of power of uh, you know, visually, there's mm. such kind of depth and richness to this that you can get away with having 12 numbers and nothing else. It, it will look just enough. There's, you know, anything else would be complicating it. So then we sort of started working on this. Um, and the issue here, the issue that we've had is that if, if you imagine like a, 
a number eight or you know or a ten or a six or a nine or any of these things where you've got uh, a closed area within the you know in number eight obviously you've got two circles oh yeah, of course yes individual yeah so you've got these tiny pools of enamel and when you put these into the kiln the silver expands and the enamel expands but the silver expands at different rates and the silver expands at uh, different ratios and it will squeeze the enamel which is essentially glass mm. and and you'll have cracks so this this is why this technique is so difficult is that you have infinitely more challenge with with kind of um with with the cracking and expansion than, than you would with a standard dial because standard dial you've got a layer of flat enamel and you've got a layer of metal underneath and they both expand at different rates and you know with mm. with a little bit of kind of skill and practice you can master that but when you've got the same sort of um horizontal layers of enamel and metal but you've also got vertical metal coming up to the top and little isolated pools of enamel and everything's expanded contracting it's just it's just a um, very very challenging thing to do so we've we, you know we've we've got some prototypes out of it after a year but it just as a production thing we would be spending our entire lives making these watches um yeah that would be stuff of nightmares so, yeah it, it's a real shame because i mean i just i see something that that's it's really beautiful and i just want it to to put it out there to show people so i think i think what we might do is is um just launch them but without launching them so it's kind of just to talk about them to tell explain you know, the, the, what's how we've uh what we've been up to but unfortunately without a watch you can kind of wear at the end of it but um we're still hopeful i mean we're going back to drawing board and we're kind of going to make the watch a little bit thicker and and see if if um by giving it kind of uh, maybe uh, more metal in the base that we could um you know we can we can manage it uh there have i mean uh langer have done uh they did a limited edition for an anniversary a few years ago which uses um sampler and it's it's a beautiful dial um and they they made i think they made 10 or or maybe 50 or they, it's a fairly small number of these um these dials so it it is um it's doable um but i think that may be why they did they did it as a as limited edition just because it's such a such a headache yeah i mean yeah i said i can't remember the last Champlevé enamel dial that I've seen. You know, you hear, you know, there's a view of closing A ones. You, you see the odd one, you mm. know, with the metal inlaid where you create the little cells when then you fill them in with enamel. Yeah, out of metal. I've seen a few of those, but Champlevé, I can't remember. No, um, the, the, the closing A I think is a lot easier because that those metal like the the metal partitions essentially are, are just very thin wires, so they will expand almost with the glass. As I, as mm. I yes, it. of course. Yeah, but you're. So it's just different challenges, but I mean, it's not it's not going to be impossible in the long term. It's just um, I think you have to, uh, yeah. It's it's just something that we we were hoping because you always have issues with enameling. It's always a problem. Um, but that's why I think what you guys do is so amazing, and it's so handmade for. I mean, frankly, for the prices that you charge. I mean, it's incredible that you know that I know that you know there's five of us in Melbourne who have yes and and I know that every single one of them was a human pair of hands that took that yeah. blank you know that dial from a copper disc all the way to the kiln and back and five free firings to get it and I know it was just, you know a pair of hands that did it and I could call you and know who who made it <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah yeah I think it's, it's written in the book isn't it? yeah it's it's a nice, I think it's a lovely connection between especially when you go into the workshop and and you you know see everyone's just focused on 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 building their one you know, their, their one 
style and you know from from when the order comes in because it's you know, an order board of everyone's names and what they've ordered and so each enamel knows who they're making it for as well which the other way as well it's not just the kind of the customer knows who that's lovely yeah lewis when you because it's quite an experience um if you think about you know the team that's making it the the watch that you're producing and the experience you build around it and and the customers who get to share in this experience especially in, in roman's case where he got uh a one-off or a one f2 um made by you guys and, and you speak about the beauty of it so i guess the curiosity for me is you know for anardane is is the, the focus of anardane are, are you is it about the beauty about you know um creating this experience uh for perhaps the customer uh to have to to be a part of this or are you are you pursuing um uh, like a balance between, you know, uh, watchmaking or, or evolution that's going to uh, a focus that you have that you're aiming for at, at a later stage. Um, what's what's sort of the focus you have for Anardane? Mm, that's a difficult question. Um, yeah, there's, I, I think there's so many different things, but it does. It does. There are definitely kind of long term overall directions. Um, and I think in terms of a, 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 when what we're looking at, production is certainly it's a it's always trying to do something new or something that we we haven't been able to do in the past so that's that's everything you know every every watch is it's a progression or there's something something new and a bit more difficult about it generally um so that that's very much what pushes us i think um in for for one aspect but also i think um like we've got over the summer we agreed with a um a quite a well-known movement designer to start work on a project um uh to build a movement and it's it's so enameling is one you know it's it's our, what we do but it's it's mainly at the moment i suppose it's it's the kind of bit that you see um whereas i think what pushes us is the challenge of doing something we haven't been able to do before or or trying new things and and i think if we if we were replicating aesthetics or 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 kind of techniques that were commonly found out there then there wouldn't be much uh, kind of interest in it for us so i think the the feeling that we're trying to do something new even if it's just new to the team um uh and mastering something that we weren't able to do i think that that's a really big appeal so that that drives us a lot um but it's not just, I mean, the enameling's where you see that. Um, but we also, you know, one of the, the, the team is an engineer. So he's um, he does all the case design and, and prototyping. Um, and and we've, we've started looking into to CNC machining things um, with a view to kind of to, to getting more into the movements. Um, and so uh, recently we've, we've, we've kind of begun discussions with the, with the movement designer who's worked We've done some really phenomenal work, um, and the plan is to, to start working with him late next year when he he becomes kind of free um, on on building our own movement. Um, and that that's a really interesting thing because it's not, you know, I think a lot of companies would um, kind of want to get more expensive. They want to go up market, and and they see a movement as a way of doing that. Whereas for us, value is an enormously important thing, and so I think. Nomos is a, is, a, is a brand I'm, I'm very fond of, and they their attitude and their approach mm. to to movements and to their, their whole business has been very kind of 
um, inspirational to me. So when we're looking at, at the movement, it's it's actually it was triggered by having a really difficult time sourcing in Switzerland and just have dealing with people that were, were not particularly. Um, you can be honest. <laughs> I think they were particularly interested in what they you were doing. You surprise us. Yeah, and I mean it was. Um, it's been yeah. I mean this time last year we had a nightmare with um, we our lead times on movements were about three months and then one day we put an order and they said we'll 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 ship them in it was like 18 months or something and I'm like well how are we going to make watches if um you know, we have any <laughs> movement so and it's just this uh, the, the attitude that they had was just it was pretty rotten and um uh, and so it, it started us thinking about about and it, it always seemed like a bit that was missing from what we we're doing is having uh, having the movement aspect because we have you know we have watchmakers in-house and their job at the moment is is um you know, they strip the movements down to start with and they rebuild them to check their check their good because unfortunately some of the, the qc from some of the the movement manufacturers isn't great so we we do that and and we assemble them but you know it's, it's not the most exciting job for a watchmaker so i think bringing in bringing in kind of movement design and uh, manufacturing would would add some of what the the enamelers have um to the watchmaking Kind of department so um it's um yeah that that's something that, that's going to be happening in the future but it's it's not going to be you know one of you know when you uh, I, I see kind of in-house movements and off-the-shelf movements not you know in-house isn't better than off-the-shelf um there are there are things like reliability value for money serviceability which are enormous pluses when it when it comes to buying an s or something yeah absolutely like agree um so I, I you know and i think when we build a movement I, I don't want to leave all this behind and just jack up the prices and then give you a watch that's harder to service because that's not you know i don't think it's any of us would be happy about that so the project that we're going to be working on is is going to try and um going to try and get the best of both worlds if we can um but that's and so that that's another area that i think will will come into um into into what we do um but we're also taken. I mean, we started. We started to work with an artist earlier this year um, on on the movement project as well. So we that that should be coming through on our existing movements to to see some um, seeing some of the, the work we've got been doing on them. So it's it'd be some interesting stuff. And I th- I think really the the kind of the approach that we have um, uh, to designing and making stuff will will start coming through more on you know, other aspects of the watch. That, the movement really i mean um rather than just the dial and obviously the hands that, that we're making um so it'll be it'll be more kind of um take on the whole thing but i mean these these things always take time and um yeah i mean it's really interesting and exciting to reflect back on kind of the evolution of how far you've come in such a short time in two years you know to where you're going i mean you know when we started you, know, you had model ones fairly standard cases but amazing dials and then you went to model two you, you started making hands in-house you created the fume mm. dial which we should probably talk about because that's pretty amazing as well you know so you've evolved the dials and then you then you've then changed the case profile you've sort of evolved and refined the design and now you're sort of progressing in a very logical and thought out and considerate fashion to encompass other aspects of the watch to make it a even better value proposition and even more compelling product that it already is like i mean that's a wonderful thing to hear yeah i'm glad you think that roman because I, I feel like i've been kind of um, babbling off in different directions but that summarized it quite well thank you that's good <laughs> um yeah 
I like I like being told it's um it's uh, rational and uh, thought through. It's good. Um, but yeah, uh, the I just when you're saying that, but the early uh, the early case has been quite basic, and the dial's been nice. It's reminded me of the printing, which the first few months of printing was um gave me. Uh, when I look at when you look at a really early model one, the printing is not as crisp at all as the later ones, which um, I feel bad about for the kind of the owners in a way, but they're, they're probably in the long term be, be quite special. Um, nah, think of it as like the early F Pigeons. They're worth more. Rubbish, yeah. So if anything, you know, if we've got owners of early pieces, you should buy a modern one to compare. Put some by side. So buy another one and then compare the two. That's what I plan to do anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Would you want to maybe tell us about one of the things that I was wondering and I was hoping you would tell us about is the the few May dials that you come out with. Maybe tell us what, what it is and kind of mm. how you managed to do it. There's only a very, very few companies, even the big Swiss companies, who do few May dials at all. Well, yeah, they're not. Um, so there's only one enamel few May dial out there apart from ours. And it was before ours as well, I should say. Um, but they do it in a different way. So they have two enamels in the same dial and they have a darker one to the outside and lighter yeah. to the inside so what we do is is a fume dial in enamel but it wasn't like obviously the moser dials yeah, are very famous they and and every you know everyone else who makes dials do it by spraying the dial while it spins round or while the spray spins round. i think to gradiate it um we weren't trying to make a fume dial when we made ours we just were experimenting with i think we started experimenting with silver as a base rather than copper and one of them walked up, um, so the middle of it rose up, and the outsides didn't. I never knew that. So we're, yeah, so we're like, that looks really nice, but it's um, it's completely wonky, and it won't fit in the case. So we got, um, let's let's try and fix this. Um, so that's where it came from, and it was later on that we're like, what are we going to call this? And we're like, well, it looks a bit like a fume dial, and people know what that is, so let's not try and reinvent the wheel and call it that. But it's actually like no no one else makes a dial. That is. Um, That's very cool. It is like that. So it's it's not um yeah it's it's not actually a, what you'd think of as a, as a fume dial. But um and so the way that we've made it is that to try and replicate this um, faulty dial that we've made, um we started working with a with a die sinker who because before this all our dials were flat pieces of silver or, or copper that we cut out into disc, and then we thought well what we need is is a is a piece of silver that's flat but with a a little mountain in the middle, like a mound, not quite a mountain. Um, like a pie pan, yeah. And so the bottom is flat. And um, and the top, once it's enameled, will have to be perfectly flat. So what happens is that the outsides are at the kind of slope of the, of the little raised part of the dial, um, have more enamel, and the middle has less enamel. Mm. Um, so if you looked at it in a cross-section, you'd see a kind of a, a, a little hill of silver and... Uh, that would be going up and so at the top i think we've got i might get this slightly wrong but it's something like 0 0.2 0 0.25 millimeters of enamel mm. at the top and at the edges um it's 0 0.4 or 0 0.5 something like yeah, that so wow. it's, yeah. it's incredibly small amounts that will make the difference between that particular enamel being dark and light and so there aren't that there, you, know, you can't do this with opaque enamels obviously and there aren't that many transparent enamels that you can do it with uh, because most of them will either look dark all across or light all across. But there are some where that that tiny amount of depth will make the difference between mm. and kind of bring that color out. So um, so that so we discovered that when we had the Model 2s 
and the model ones weren't in production. And so we thought this is really cool. We're going to have to make some of these. And and it's a bit weird, really, because the, the model two was meant to be this sort of um, this sort of field watch kind of robust, rugged thing. Yeah. And um, we ended up putting this like this very kind of glitzy, sparkly um, dial in it, which doesn't at all tie in with. Um, it, it, it yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it? But. It looks amazing, though. Um, one of the Fifth Risk crew, uh, and shout out to Benoit Petit Second, um, he's got the blue, the the blue Fumé dial, and that's oh, uh, France, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's so nice that you know all your customers, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, if you uh, ring up Rolex, they're not yeah. like, oh yeah, the guy from you know Paris, yeah, we know him. Like, it's never going to yeah. happen, right? Like, it's the beauty of the Indies. His watch is incredible. Like, he's a good photographer as well. So when he puts a picture, it's just mind blowing, just stunning. Yeah, the, it's. Um, I mean, that's they are the the team of just. You can see the difference between where they've come from. You know, getting everyone very stressed about getting one watch made a week. Um, to to be able to produce something like that in a couple of days is um, it just kind of just shows how how much work they put in and how kind of passionate they are. So it's it's nice. Um, the and we're doing those in the Model 1 again soon. Or not again, we're doing them to start with. That's awesome. Yeah, and they, um, they that was I mean, that was meant to come out at the beginning of the year, but we realized we had to just change the case ever so slightly, so that, that set us back. But they um, they look spectacular. I think we're doing them with, with a kind of gold. Well, the ones I've, that we've prototyped have got just um, gold kind of printing on them, uh, and they look very... Um, very kind of um, cool. yeah, yeah, wow. spacey and uh, sort of, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're nicer. It's amazing to me that watchmaking has been going since the 14, you know, 50s or whatever, whenever the, the, the Germans and the Huguenots and kicked off, doesn't matter. You know, but they've been doing enamel and all that, and no one has figured out that if you do an area that, if you, if you just shape the plate of the dial slightly differently with, so you'd have your peripheral areas having a thicker pool of enamel and the top, the, the center having thinner. That would give you that sort of color. I mean, it's amazing that you stumble on it by accident. And I guess on the other hand, you stumble on it by accident and actually turn it into an asset rather than going just putting it into your you know reject bin. But that's awesome. I mean, that's wonderful. That's, that's a contribution that you've made to the field of horology and you know jewelry making, whatever it is. Like that's a, that's a thing that you made happen. Maybe too, because you have the flexibility to sort of play with it and 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 look at it instead of you know binning it, whereas <laughs> other people might have been too focused or, or you know too specific about just the enameling. Yeah, sure. And I think that's a good point. I mean, because what one of the I think one of the reasons we, we can come up with interesting stuff is that we are this you know we're all on top of each other in in the studio. So if something interesting comes out and it's wrong, it's not just a case of that goes to the bin. Try again. It's like that's better. Let's go in this direction instead. Whereas if if you're working with 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 an enameling, you know, if you're outsourcing your dials, whatever they're made out of, um, and you ask for this design, they're going to come back with that design, and they're not going to go. This is completely different. Um, but how about putting this sparkly dial in your field watch? You know, it's not gonna. It's it's not gonna be kind of a. Uh, so 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 it um that that's a I think one of the. Like the advantages we have of, of, of working in this way, because I'm sure, I mean, there'll be thousands of anomalous in the past who have made similar dials, but yeah, so put them put them to one side. But certainly, I mean, it seems like you're you and your team, you definitely have that that flexibility where you are to you know to explore to 
And it seems, especially when you mentioned in the beginning about the colors, how, you know, you weren't really focused on, um, you know, what anybody else thought, if, if, if they would necessarily sell or not, you just had an idea. And, and it seems like you certainly have the, f- yeah. the, the freedom to, to see it come to fruition. And, and even when you mentioned the uh, in-house movements to, you know, to, to have the freedom to pursue that and, and with the goal of, you know, providing, providing value or to meet that, that idea you have to, to present this, you know, this package. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, I suppose it is a bit, I, I think it, that all comes from kind of having luxury of, of being fairly comfortable in terms of um, work coming in. So, I mean, if, if, if we were, had a big pile of watches to sell and had to get them out, then we'd probably it would probably be a very different company, but we'd be much more focused on how do we come across best to customers and how do we like market things. And, you know, but if we're always busy with making stuff, we can kind of, you know, fiddle around with them and treat things in a, you know, take a, an approach to that's that's slightly different and maybe a bit more idealistic than them if we're uh, if, if we're in a different setup. So yeah. Yeah, busy hands, happy hands. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yep. So, so do you know where your majority of your owners are, or customers are located? Like, you know, do you have kind of a rough idea? Yeah, there. Um, uh, it's it's mostly in the states. Yeah, it's, interesting. Um, pretty definitely. Yeah. Um, it is. I think it's probably like that for most watch companies, just because. Oh, you know, if, if if the if you're kind of um. English speaking press, um, then that's um, I imagine most watch companies are are in that in that category. But um, yeah, I mean the states of as uh, by far the biggest country where you get a lot of watch enthusiasts. So um, a lot of it, and but no, Australia um, definitely got a little cluster. As you guys, we there. do what we can, um, and <laughs> yeah, um, and the UK is like there, there's there, there are some I'd say probably sixty or seventy percent of the US. Yeah, wow. Uh, well, I mean, I, I was going to bring this up a bit later, but I mean, we can congratulate you on you're in a museum now, right? I mean, you're in this in the Museum of Modern Art, the amazing. In 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 the gift shop. Well, you know, you start from the gift shop, then you move into the collection. You uh, know? Yeah. <laughs> One day. Um, no, we yeah yeah that was, that was really nice. They just um, it was completely out of the blue. They sort of got in touch and um, and asked if if uh, we wanted to chat about it. So that was lovely. And and also, I mean, the only other kind of high end. We say high end, but new, not non quartz watch in there is 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 the Nomos range, which is obviously mm. they have good taste, so it's, it was nice to to see yeah. us in there. Um, but I mean, I think I think what you do kind of appeals to them. I mean, Nomos there is I'm sure purely by design because you know it's Bauhaus and you know blah blah blah. It's a beautiful thing. That's fine. I mean, mm. but you guys are there because I looked at their shop and there's like a little presentation tray and it's all you know handmade in Scotland. Each you know there was a little thing about like each piece is handmade. Like it clearly appealed to their aesthetic of this is a maker from the remote. Scotland's remote commodity. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it clearly had enough of a draw. <laughs> yeah, which really imbues in my mind exactly the special spark that makes what you do in Glasgow so special that attracted me in Melbourne and the curator at MoMA. You know, just that same kind of thing, like human hands. It's not. Yeah, that's. It is a lovely, um, lovely thought. That actually, I should say that 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 wooden tray was made by Method Studio, who are a another Scottish base maker and they, they make some phenomenal um uh they make lots of kind of they make boxes for the struthers. Oh cool. 
Oh, you gotta better send me a thing. I'll link them up in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, no, they're they um it's kind of husband and wife team with, with um in the middle of the forest in this old um kind of uh, logging place and um they they just make incredibly beautiful stuff. It goes all around the world as well, actually. Um and uh, yeah, they, they, they made that for us. So an interesting one to look at. And it's so nice that you got that to complement your watches because one of the things I remember when I received my watch and once again my watch was early days of when you Mm. started I mean the presentation that when I got the box was like superb you know it was like a handwritten note I think it was like a little note to say thank you and then like the leather pouch was great like the straps were it was just beautifully put together like it was clearly put together with care is really the best way to explain it and it was really wonderful it's yeah I think that's just comes with having a lot of different designers in the company that are very <laughs> fussy about these things. But it's, yeah. um, uh, it's it's good. And actually, we hired I mean, Erland was was um uh, who who kind of is the sort of front facing person in the company um now, and we, we hired him primarily. I would say no, not entirely, but his handwriting, <laughs> the quality of his handwriting, was like one of the main uh, things. Because um, we when we advertised that job, the application process was send as a letter and. Um, he had this beautifully handwritten letter, so we were like, "This is, this is our man." Wow! And that's um, why we took him on. Uh, so yeah, the letters. Because um, well, I was writing them before, and they were so badly written that I, I, um, I felt like I couldn't continue doing this, and uh, uh, needed someone with. But that was a lovely touch. I mean, that, I mean, it was a lovely touch. I have to say, you know, and you know, I've bought a number of watches. Higher and lower well, I mean, that was just one of those things. Once again, like the watch takes a while to make. That's not a problem because you know it was a human at the other end making it. But then getting the it's a beautiful pouch, and then having mm. this little note that actually said, you know, thank you for your support. We've made it just for you. Hope you enjoy it. Like it was just lovely. It was a lovely human touch, which the luxury. And once again, you know, I, this is an audio medium, so you can't see the air quotes I'm doing, but experience doesn't yeah. really translate like that's lost you know unless you're probably a chic or mm. royalty or something you know like a regular punter you don't get that even buying a product that's 10 times the cost of yours so i thought that was just a like a watch was great and the way it was presented was even better so yeah it was awesome that's really nice yeah yeah, yeah. i think that might be it i mean we have we're incredibly lucky with, with customers being very very nice people and it, we i think when we started out and we obviously first we didn't know if anyone was going to buy them to start with but we didn't know who was going to be buying them and um yeah we've never ever had a kind of a difficult customer or someone who's kind of grumpy about the the weights so, or it's um so obviously people are are kind of understanding and um yeah it's it's um it's it's nice i, I think it's one of actually one of the nice things is, is kind of talking to people on the other side of the kind of order process so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, because I, I don't think you know. I, I in this conversation, you 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 certainly come across as being very humble. I I think um, I don't think it's necessarily just luck of the customer. It's just this this experience that you give um, customers, such as Roman. It's 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 very like unique and and personal experience that um, I think it's 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 well worth it. And it's a it's it's a great it's a great watch. It's a great experience that sort of you know draws them in or, and makes that connection between them and Anordain. You know, thanks, Sean. I, I think it's easy to be humble when it's not you doing any of the difficult stuff. You know, <laughs> if it was um, if I was like the genius watchmaker who who could do all this and assemble and stuff. I mean, I, when we first started out, I couldn't 
find a watchmaker anywhere. And I, um, so the first, the first watches we put out were to press and they were assembled by me. Um, and, um, you know, based on YouTube tutorials, I still could find oh, a watchmaker. Wow. So luckily, like, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And some of them are still out there, actually. I have to say, I think, um, I think, I think Elizabeth Doa has one. Um, and she's never commented on it, which is, which is nice. Um, but no, we, we found Chris turned up. Um, he had been working, doing BHI, uh, courses, doing all training and, and servicing people's watches, uh, by night and working um, in Amazon as a picker by day. And he absolutely hated his job, but, you know, there's, and if that was his... Um, so we found him through the local BHI chapter, I think, a week after we launched. And uh, I met him on Friday afternoon, and I was like, yeah. I'll start on Monday. And that was it. So that was me off the hook. But I do know how um, how how it can be difficult. And, and he commented on how terribly I'd put the watches together. He said that the hands were kind of bowed at different angles, and... Um, it was a miracle that they they didn't kind of stop after they kind of passed each other. So, um, yeah, it's just it was very fortunate we found him. So I'm kind of watching all the people in Anodine doing their their individual things and doing them really well. Um, and so you're the benevolent dictator in the company. You just, you yes. just let subjects go along with <laughs> scurry along that's, with that little. <laughs> that's the that's the one. Um, yeah. So. What what I mean, COVID has been this year has been terribly disrupted with all the things you had mm. planned. So, what do you think? You know, what can we as a devoted public can look forward to? Mm. Let's say for the remainder of twenty twenty. Ah, it's a good question. I was, um, I'd hope to be getting this model three up. I think so. We'll we'll, we'll put that out somehow. Uh, maybe some a newsletter or put it on the website. Um, just because it's an interesting and and we've got I mean five four or five different um, versions they're all different and and just oh, yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're lovely things to look at so that as as not a release will will hopefully come out soon um, the fume model ones are really really quite nice um, can't wait to see those they um, they shouldn't be too far away um, and we're doing a large model too um, which has got quite an interesting um, mixture of, of heat bluing and Ooh. looming, which I don't know. Oh, have you guys seen that? No. Across, have you come across that before? Uh. Maybe because it's not possible for me to try it yet. We've got, we've got the hands. Experimenting. So if you don't see it, if you don't see it, you know why. I don't know maybe if, if it won't adhere to the, the blue. I don't know. It hasn't been done, but we designed these hands, and these hands are actually getting made out in um, very, very complex. Very but the, the, the gaps between the they model two hands, so they've got mm, these two yep. bits uh, are parallel, and there's a, there's a tiny gap. And so the steamer are making those over in Switzerland, and then we're going to get them back. We'll blue them, and then we'll send them to another firm we work with in Switzerland to a very precise blooming, and um, and then we'll bring them back again. So that that's um, so we're hoping that will be quite an interesting kind of variant on a kind of field watch that cool wow yeah and so that those two things should be out this year and then um next year next year there are some other some other things but they're they're probably kind of too much in flux to to kind of commit to oh you've got a lot of things on the boil already yeah there's there's there's, there's constantly a lot but then it's uh yeah but no i'm, I'm pretty sure that lot will come out this year so we should, we should get those things out and um yeah, and there's there's also another a nice thing around engraving as well, which 
which hopefully won't be too far away. But I think that engraving is something we've been getting into because um, it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with enameling. So that's engraving on the dials or engraving on the movements or cases or? You know, on, 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 the, on the dials. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So well, the, when, when you're working with engraving, um, like, as you know, kind of with engine turning um, mm. and you put some you know, a thin layer of transparent enamel on top of that, it really kind of brings it out. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, We yeah. haven't, like, we, we've, we've kind of not gone down the engine turning or the more traditional routes just because I think it's, there are people doing that so well already. Um, that we thought we'd try and explore different ways of um, approaching it. But the same principle of, of using enamel and um, sort of silver in this case, um, uh, that is kind of reflecting the lights in, in different ways. So it's the same principle, but just maybe a, a more. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm getting a watch made at the moment in the UK, and that will have a engraved and enamel dial on top. So, yeah, that'll be very cool. That's so interesting that... Are you? What, which one's that one? Yeah, yeah, we can talk offline. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an as yet, as yet unreleased project, but I'm happy to chat to you offline because th- there might be some common skills or something. But, yeah. It's a- yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. So cool that these little pockets of skill and, you know, things yeah. are evolving. That's that's just so exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Now, any final question, Sean, before we kind of let wrap, start to wrap up? No, uh, it's been quite an interesting experience. I mean, you, you seem like quite a humble person. And, and I, I certainly have been following for a while. And I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, what comes out with the the next uh, bottle one um, that you had spoke about. Because I'm particularly interested in sort of, um, you know, things that gives uh, a space mm. feel or, or, or oh, aesthetic. Yes, very much. And you yeah. mentioned that's that's something yeah. that's yeah. in the works. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly watching it with uh, Key and I. I think you guys produce something that's quite special and, and very contemporary uh, and unique in feel. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm very excited. Oh, thanks. If you, yeah, which is fine. We did, um, there's a customer who's had a son who's really interested in, in space rockets and things, and we designed a dial for them. Uh, which was made up of different space rockets. It looks really, it's again in gold. Oh, cool! Um, it looks cool. But I'm not sure if that's going anywhere at the moment. But um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. After. Yeah, please. Um, it's quite. If you like, if you like space, Sean, this is cool. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, yeah. my, my six-year-old will definitely love that as well. So yeah, for sure. It's if only six-year-olds bought watches. I know that would be. Um, <laughs> should um, I, yeah, mine, mine would very much like one with unicorns on. And I imagine the other would probably would probably get me to do dinosaurs. So we could totally. probably branch out at some point. Well, look, I think we might start to wrap up. I think it's been a great conversation. And I mean, one of the reasons, you know, I particularly wanted to uh, have a chat with you, Lewis. I mean, I've been a huge fan of Anodane and, and I've been talking the ears off people here in Melbourne. About <laughs> right. it, you know, because Thanks, I think Sean. it's so exciting to see what you guys do with so much integrity artistic flair and also so much investment of yourself into the into the product which is like just wonderful it's, it's very rare so to see so that's one all our listeners if you're not familiar with anodane definitely uh check anodane out so what's what's the best way to do that Lewis? um on the internet probably but if you're in glasgow you can come and visit um i would recommend if you're ever in glasgow if anyone's ever in glasgow and they're interested um just come in and uh kind of come see us hopefully there'll be less of the uh the kind of covid issues but um uh visiting studios is great so i would that or or or, or the website or oh, a newsletter oh we're doing a magazine as well that's worth signing up for because i think that's gonna be quite interesting there you go so 
Um, so on top of the watches and the other watches and the enameling and the movements, you're doing you're in, you, you're branching out into publishing. Fantastic. <laughs> We've got yeah. We we actually that was the, we hired we hired a, our editor. So we hired her in just just at the beginning of lockdown. Um, so she's she's editing a magazine, which is actually it's pretty good. Hopefully people like it, but it's um it's interesting. It's not all watches. There's other stuff as well. So it's a nice mix. But if you mm-hmm. s- sign up for that, it'll get posted out to you. So that'd be. Oh, there you go, people. Even even, even more of a reason to uh, to sign up as well. Yeah. All righty. Well, look, before we jump, so one of the things we do here as well, Fifth Reese, is, you know, we kind of do, we ask our guests and ourselves really to sort of things to discover, people to follow, Instagram or anywhere mm. really, just for ourselves to grow and kind of, you know, expand our horizons. Uh, I might throw to Sean first if you've got somebody that you wanted to recommend, Sean. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm taking advantage of the more lax rules uh, since uh, since the podcast has, uh, you know, sort of matured. Uh, instead of recommending a watch-specific Instagram, um, I want to recommend a Instagram called uh, Just Cassette, uh, J-U-S-T-C-A-S-S-E-T-T-E. They take photos mainly of um, uh, vintage uh, Walkmans or, uh, you know, CD players, um, cassette players and whatnot. But I, I really like it because it uh, much of the aesthetic aesthetics is from the, uh, you know, the 70s, 80s. So it's, mm. um, it's sort of a you know, Tokyo or Japanese New Age kind of look. Um, it reminds me of, um, if you're familiar with, you know, the plethora of G-Shock models that are out there. Uh, it's just ex- exciting to see this, to see you know all the different types of cassettes and and the sort of you know futuristic designs they they had at the time and and whatnot, sort of the you know space uh, inspired designs. So that's that's my recommendation. That sounds fun. Yeah. Wow, that's just that's like my childhood and early teenage years <laughs> in that one account. That's- Awesome. And, and for our millennial listeners, you know, if you don't know what a cassette is, I mean, first of all, you can stop listening now. Uh, and secondly, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> uh, but that, no, that's, that's a beautiful account. It's amazing how those objects still have so much personality, even though they look really clunky and they're completely obsolescent and obsolete. Yeah. But, yeah, they just have so much character. personality. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool account. Um, what about you, Lewis? I'll put you on the spot. I don't know if you had anybody you wanted to. Yeah, um- I, this is a, uh, okay, if anyone knows about watches, it's quite an obvious one, but if there are people who don't, um, one of my favorite brands is, is Moritz Grossman. Yes. And they, I saw their Instagram and they have half as many, uh, we don't have very many followers, but they've got half as many. So I've just maybe, maybe realized that maybe not that many people are, are sort of appreciate what they're doing. And they are, I mean, to me, they're just the, the level of, of kind of watchmaking craft that goes into that is, is phenomenal. We um we did heat heat round hat heat round you know you can heat blue mm. but you can kind of stop it halfway and do kind of a goldy color and we got that from them I mean like we kind of learned that from what they were doing and I don't think you know that's that's not like a widely done mm. thing but they just I mean the quality of work the hands they make are beautiful the, the movements I mean they just yeah. and the the person who runs it I think is a lady called Christine Hutter I think she's also got an Instagram account but just I mean they they're another company with just a huge amount of passion for what they do and they've you know they've got some really phenomenal watchmaking so i think if you're into watches that you probably are listening to this and you're not following them then i i would um they come up with some beautiful stuff so i would perhaps uh perhaps look at them that's a great recommendation i mean that's a, i mean they are a cracking brand once again mm. one of those like in the know, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, too, hugely. Um, and, and you're right; they've got probably the sexiest hands in business. Mm. You know, like just, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And the fit, movement finishing is phenomenal as well. So yeah, yeah. No, that's that's brilliant. That's a great one. Um, the one I've got for today is Mister No Date. So Mister Dot No Date. And oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the yeah. reasons I picked him is he's got an N Ordain Model 2. I love that you know your own. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's, so, that's so nice. Yeah, and that's the thing, yeah. people. If you if you buy an N Ordain, you can never flip it because, you know, because Lewis will know. He knows, he knows where you live. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> he'll, lock yeah, you, well. he'll lock you up. But, yeah, the Mr. No Date, yeah, he's got the cracking N Ordain, but also he's got some Grand Seikos and then Selection of Rollers. You can just scroll past those. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, it's a pretty cool account. It's a, it's a pretty cool account. <laughs> yeah. Good recommendation. It's a there. Great, yeah. great account there. Uh, well, look, I we might so. wrap up there because I know you've got things to do and um, stuff. But look, Lewis, once again, can't thank you enough for joining us for today's episode. And yeah, I think I think I've certainly learned a lot, and hopefully our listeners will discover how awesome what you do is. Thanks, guys. Brilliant. No, I, I'm very, I actually really appreciated your kind of um, condensed and um, nicely articulated versions <laughs> of my babbles. Because I think next time, if we come on again, I might just, I might just tell you, and then you could just yeah. do the show on your own. And because uh, did, it's been good. Thank you very much for that, Sean. Once again, thanks for joining me as well, because that was awesome. Yeah, certain pleasure, and and great to be able to speak with you, and especially Lewis. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, no, no, likewise. Thank you, guys. Brilliant. And the last thing we do is something we always say at the end of each episode. You know, we set up Fifth Risk as a platform by enthusiasts and for enthusiasts. You know, so if you want to join us, contribute, write reviews, or even come on the podcast and have a chat with us, please get in touch. Uh, follow Fifth Risk on Facebook and Instagram on or, or on our website, fifthrisk.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Helps to spread the word. We take we read your comments. Uh, follow me. I'm at Times Roman AU. Sean is at the Book Watch, uh, and our guest Lewis is at Enordain. Uh, we'll put some links in the show notes for Enordain's website, reviews, and things that we mention in the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. And as we always say, stay on time. is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.